Every year they try to put on a little Christmas message with the three-year-olds, and it is, it's cute, it's funny, it's, some get too embarrassed or too scared, and others just jump to the mic, and it is kind of nice to see all that, and it's kind of funny, but you know what, that, that is what your children need, not just at three years old, they need it at 13, 23, and 33, so continue to put in the Word of God in your children, and it'll work, it will keep them. All right, this morning's message is uh, kind of a situation or a subject, maybe I should say, that we really don't maybe fully understand or even like to talk about. It's called trials and temptations, all right, because they they come our way. Uh, I didn't know quite what to call it. I even thought of uh, better or bitter, because trials and temptations, if you don't fully understand the, the process, uh, fully trust Almighty God, you can end up very bitter uh, when the whole process is to make you better. But these things uh, come upon us and they come upon everybody. And so we want to just simply look and see how the Christian is supposed to react or handle these certain situations because either you're in one, just got through one, or one's coming. Trials and tribulations, or trials or temptations, I should say, uh, as a way of life. Matthew 5.45 simply states this, That you may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Which simply states, um, this happens to everybody. In other words, all these various things that go on in life, it rains on the unsaved and it rains on the saved. The sun comes up on the unsaved. So it's, it's just letting us know that this is a way of life. The same with trials and temptations. 1 Peter 4 says this, Beloved, now listen, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you. God moved upon Peter by the Spirit of Almighty God to let you know, Hey, hold up. This is not a strange thing. This is what happens in life. This is what happens in being a, a human. Or a Christian trying to walk in a fallen world. It says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. So whatever you're going through is not a strange thing. It's just a matter of life. All right? Just as if you walk out and it's raining and you get wet, that's not a strange thing. It's just the way it is, God is saying. John 16, says this, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now these are tremendous keys. Because you understand, whether you want to be here or being made to be here, these things are still going to happen to you. They are. You can't dismiss what I'm saying. It takes in every person under the sun. So whether you want to serve God or want to live for God, the the idea is saying you're going to have problems. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. Now, to the Christian, God is saying, um, but be of good cheer. I have overcome all this. So the key is serving God. Now, you understand Serving God is great, but that's not means that you're, you're in heaven. You have to endure to the end, the Bible says. 
Not just get saved or kind of come to church or kind of know it's right. No, you have to endure. Endure is not a very fun word to me. Endure to the end, the Bible's telling us. Now, same scripture in New Living says this. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. All right? We have a kind of our own American gospel. Everything has to be wonderful. Everything has to be great because I'm a Christian. That, that's not so. Uh, everything is wonderful if you are a Christian, but things happen to us, do they not? Is there anybody here right now has never gone through a trial or some type of horrible temptation? Well, then this ought to be a pretty good subject to preach about. Because if we've all gone through it, then the idea is, okay, why do we go through it? What do we do when we're going through it? So this is, you you must listen. So God says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. 1 Peter 1 tells us this. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout the area. And he names all these different towns. The strangers scattered is the outcasts of Israel. These are the people of God. Trials and persecution and temptation came upon them that they took off in all various different ways. They were being hunted down. Now, verse 4 tells us, To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, he's talking about this salvation that, that, that is for us. But in the midst of this, you are going to have situations, temptations, and trials. And if you don't understand this, this could blow you out of the saddle when you say, I'm done with God. Done with church. I'm done with this. I don't understand. I'm leaving. And that's what happens to multitudes of people. Because they don't truly understand the workings of God or the Word of God. Verse 5 says this. Now listen how powerful this is. You are kept by the power of God. Through faith, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing this morning, today, right now, if you truly love God and you are living for God to the best of your ability, this verse 5 says you are kept by the power of God through faith. What's going to happen to you, Pastor? What's going to happen? I don't know. I'm just trusting God. Do you know this always happens and this is going to happen and this is the way it is? No, I'm just simply going to trust God. Do you understand? This is the way you have to live, especially when you go through these unbearable trials and temptations that bombard your mind and way of life. So God tells us through Peter, you are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So that word kept means you are being guarded. I am being guarded right now. Now, the enemy's trying to rattle me. The enemy's trying me to doubt the word of Almighty God. Remember, God tells us, don't throw away your confidence in the word. The enemy comes and bombards your mind. But the word of God is telling you, by faith, I don't have to feel it. I don't have to see it. I don't have to look at these massive angels behind me, guarding me. I believe by faith, according to the word of God. That God says, I am keeping you by the power of God. That is to keep your mind focused And set upon the Lord. This is what you do when you go through these. Because you're going to go through them if you're not in them right now. 
which I would have to say you probably are. Verse 6 says, wherein we greatly rejoice for that reason. Greatly rejoice that I am being kept by the power of God. It says, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Many, different kinds, unusual, various kinds. Can you believe it? This happened and that happened. Manifold. Remember, the whole thing is, hey, don't, oh, don't think this is strange. Temptation simply means trials, testing of your faith. Testing of your faith. Verse 7 says this. Now look, that the trial of your faith, the trial, the testing of your faith. Now listen, everybody, just about everybody, and Christians included, think the answers are more money. If I just had more money, if I just had that better position, if I got that $10,000 raise, if I could just hit the lottery. But the Word of God, by faith, says this, that the trial, the testing, the temptation of your faith being much more precious than of gold. I don't even know what gold is right now. Usually it's a thousand bucks an ounce. An ounce. And God is saying to the Christian, to the true one that loves God, there has to, hopefully has an understanding about this faith of trusting God through these trials being much more, not just kind of over, not a thousand and one dollar an ounce, much more precious than of gold that perish. Gold's going to perish. You know, all those commercials on TV, I mean, they, they do try to scare you. You know, the stock market is going to break and it bust this time and it probably will. You know, and, and what are you going to do? And he goes, I'm putting my life in gold. And the Word of God says that's going to perish. It's going to go. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. What are they talking about? Your faith. Your faith that must be tried and trialed and tempted. That's why it's going to be much more precious than gold. That's why we walk through these trials and temptations. You know, actually, you need to look at trial and temptations are really character building. They really are to the Christian. <clears throat> trial simply is defined as the, the proving. Proving. It's easy to say, I love the Lord, is it not? It's easy to say, hallelujah, amen, until it hits the wall and you've got to walk it. And it's just you alone and you're going, dear God, I don't know what to do. Live or die, God, I'm yours. That's what this is talking about. This is what America needs. They've seen so many phony Christians to the point where they're disgusted with us in the gospel. The trial, it's a proving. That by which something is tried or proved. And when you walk it, and you're seen walking it, and you're kept by the power of God, and you're not a basket case, people look at you and say, man, that." Something different about that person. Of course, you and I know that it's not us. That it's God in us. A real, live, moving. The spirit of the living God like that song we just sang. And the word faith simply can be defined as firm persuasion. Firm. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand why this has happened. I don't know why this is happening again. And now this is happening. 
but you have a firm persuasion, live or die, I'm God's. Trials and temptations aren't merely about winning or losing a battle. They're not. Trials and temptations aren't necessarily the enemy jumping your case either. Trials and temptations about discovering who you truly are in Christ. Who you really are. If you got any spit to your walk. And that's what matters most. You understand what matters most is enduring to the end. Not how you start off in the race, but enduring. It's about discovering who you are in God. And that's what matters the most. Because trials and tribulations are here. We keep saying, you know, persecution's coming and in forms it is. But trials and temptations have been here in your lives. What if God's purpose and temptations is not to merely obstruct or to overcome, but it's an opportunity for you to flourish in faith? No, no, no. I don't want to run in line for trials and tribulations and temptations. Well, I don't want to go first for that. But they're going to come. So when they do come, why don't you just look at them as an opportunity to serve Almighty God, even though you don't have a clue why? Now, lots of times we do cause our problems. I understand that. And you find yourself out of sync with the Word of God. Well, you've got to correct that. That alone will correct many things in our lives. But there are things that just happen to us. Just happen. In fact, I'm walking in one and I'm like, well, Lord, I can't do nothing about this. I, I can cry all day. That's not going to alter it. I can run and scream and say, why me? Or I can just simply go on in life, trust you, and walk by faith. You're all going to have to do this. Romans 8.38 says this. This is what God wants to instill in you and I. For I am persuaded. So you have to be persuaded or you will never endure to the end. Something will come, catch your eye, or take you off this path of Christianity. Something will come that will bump you off the path and you'll never even see heaven unless you are absolutely persuaded. That's just the way life is. Paul said, I am persuaded that neither death. Why would death make you stop believing in God? I mean, death can be scary to us because we've never died. But it's all our believers that died. If I could have them all sitting here and they give a testimony, you'd be going, I can't wait to die. It, you, you would. You, you, you just would. So it says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, all the evil and wickedness, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights or depths of trials, unbelievable heartaches, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Trials, temptations can either make you bitter or make you better, make you more in love with God than you've ever been 
It's just true. You can see it in the lives of people. You can see it in their face, in their countenance. Those who have been through extremely unbelievable, heart-wrenching trials and temptations and hung on to God and are better for it. Even without the, the rosy ending that we all try to paint. So now the Bible tells us this word persuaded simply means to have confidence or to be confident. Confident. So the Bible simply says now faith is the assurance or the confidence of things hoped for the convictions of things not seen. That's how it's said in the American Standard. Not seen. And so these trials and temptations are so obvious to us and, they, and you see them. I mean, the doctor holds up the x-rays in front of your face or gives you a report or you get the bill or whatever it is. They're obvious in your... But, but God says, no, no, you've got to walk without seeing and trust Almighty God and forget the bills and the doctors and what is, is. And simply believe and trust Almighty God. Listen to this. I wrote it down. I've got to read it because it's too good. Living in the truth exposes lies. You understand? You must live in the truth. It will expose lies and turn moments of trials and temptation into character-shaping opportunities. This is just not a book 101 educational cut. This is the truth. Living in the truth will expose lies. Live or die, which I'm doing both. I am living... But as I get older, I can realize that my body is dying, too. It's wearing out. Can't lift what it used to lift. Can't jump how it used to jump. Can't play like it used to play. Why not? Because well, it's getting old. Your knees can't handle it. You can't jump. You can't throw like you used to. So living and dying happens. But we are the Lord's, the Bible says. That is what you have to hang on to. All right, now look. I have often looked at myself as the captain of the USS New Hope. I have. I got to steer and guide us through many things. Don't I? Oh, stop! Whether it's silliness, false doctrine, false teachings, false pastors, false believers, uh, Counseling, situations. So I have to be the captain of the USS New Hope. You are also a captain of the USS Brian Hayes and family. Whoever's on that ship with him, you are too. So you are this captain. Now think of that. You are maneuvering through dangerous waters of life. The trials and temptations. and Some of those big icebergs you will hit. You didn't plan on hitting them. You didn't drive to hit them. You will hit, and you will take on water. That's your trial and your temptation. Acts 4.22 says this, Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Through much tribulation... The water's up to the windows. I mean, it just, it just happens. 
in life. You might enter heaven like this. Through much, the Bible says, such trials and tribulations. So if my USS Joe is taking on water, uh, am I going to bail? When it's the only way for heaven? And you will. Trials and temptations will come. They will tsunami your little perfect godly American Christian life that you think you should have all the time. But we don't, do we? So if you don't realize this and understand about trials and tribulations, when the big tsunami comes, you're, you're dead meat. You're just going to go the way of it. Unless you just realize that by faith, I am being guarded and protected by God. I don't care what I look like. James 1.3 says this. No, it tells us this, knowing this. So in other words, you're supposed to know this. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. There's a purpose. God has a purpose. Now look, the New American Standard says this. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. That's what you need to make it to the end, is endurance. That's all these phenomenal, unbelievable runners... They just keep going and going, and the rest are just slowly drifting back. they got this unbelievable endurance built in them. And that's the way it is with this Christian walk. But if I fall back in some kind of 26,000-mile race and come in 59th, so be it. Nice try. But if I fall back out of the race in this Christian walk because of the trials and temptations in the hills... So it says, knowing that the testing are various things you're going through now are producing endurance, patience, steadfastness. No testing, no steadfastness. No trials, no lasting ability. It's just the way it is. That's why as you raise your children and they go through all those little stages and they get to a certain age, all of a sudden you've got to start changing your approach. Okay, dude, no, you've got to go out and flip burgers now. You've got to go out and try to make a little living. And back when newspapers were, they're not so much anymore. Go out and hustle up. Because it, it's building a character in them because the dad or the mom knows they're going to have a life of working. And then all of a sudden, unless they're 19 and 20, you're going to say, okay, go to work. And you go, what? Where's my Cheerios? And so our Heavenly Father builds this stuff in us through these hard situations. Through these trials and temptations. Not to have you quit or stumble. But they are a character building. David could not kill Goliath until what? He had to, to fight with the, uh, the lion and then the bear. He just didn't walk up some day as an unproven, untested in his faith with God to take on this huge Goliath, mammoth man. He went through trials and temptations, not that he planned for, and found victory in them through God. That's what you have to do as you do your ship captain. Even when your wife 
looks at you and says, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just hanging on to God. Matthew 24 says this, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now, I've been serving God on this ship for a long time. Salvation somewhere around 42 years ago. That doesn't mean I can sit back there that I got it made, that I'm in heaven. I'm not. And so I must still keep making these turns and lookouts as the Spirit of God, as you pray, as you attempt to captain your ship. Whether it's your, my immediate family that's behind me and then the grandchildren behind them. Or a church. You're not going to make heaven because you start off good. You must finish. You must absolutely finish this race. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, most of you know this. New Living says this. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. They're no different. Whatever I'm going through right now is no different. It has struck other homes, other people, other minds, other families. Same as yours. God, it goes on and says, and God is faithful. Whatever you're going through, he says, he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. God will not allow it. And if you say, oh, yes, he did in my life, I'm telling you, oh, no, he didn't. What you did was abandon ship. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. And so you go, live or die, I'm God's. Whatever is facing your way. You cannot abandon ship and all the voices in your mind and ears going to say, jump, jump. Look at 2 Peter 2.9. says this, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Many times I've said to my wife, I don't know, I don't know. We're just going to trust God. Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. All right, now you keep that mind of the captain of the ship because you all are captain of your life. You remember in recent history there's been two captains made the news, the internet, paper, everywhere that um, abandoned their posts. Remember 2012? Off the coast of Italy, that cruise ship that, that capsized because the, the captain was just, I guess, goofing off. But he's one of the first off the ship. And then there was, the, the second was in 2014, the sinking of the ferry that was ferrying many people across Wherever This was off of uh, South Korea, I think it was. And the picture showed the captain getting off, touching the soil while people were dying in this area. 
soon as his feet touched the soil, he was arrested. Because the captain doesn't abandon the ship. He doesn't abandon. You're going to take on, and you're going to look like you're sinking and going under to all your natural ability and all your natural friends. And then there's the enemy who screams. As soon as these dudes stepped off, people died. I think 39 and one died. There was passengers trying to save passengers. Well, the captain was like, I'm out of here. He had abandoned his post. I've often wondered how I would act if I was on the Titanic. I'm not trying to be humorous. I'm fearful of how I might have acted. What makes some stay and others run? Listen. Getting to the place of abandoning ship or saving lives is not just about an isolated one-time choice. I'm going to be a hero. I'm getting out of here. When it comes upon you, it's not about that one isolated little choice. It has to do with the culmination of all your choices that you have made prior to that point. It has to do with all the decisions that you have made in private, alone with God, with no answers. And you'd say, live or die, I'm God's. That has molded and shaped to when it comes to that one defining moment, how you act. Whether you run, you abandon ship, or whether you say, you hang on. You just trust in God. Because <laughs> it's going to come, and it's there to all of you, with all of you. The sinking of the ship didn't create the convictions, it revealed them. It revealed the kind of person. And when God sent them into the wilderness, it revealed what kind of believer. They were. The testing, the proving of your faith, listen to me, which gets you into heaven, is way more precious than gold. God says, yet we will do everything for the gold and make no preparations for what certainly is coming. The market probably will, but it might not. Well, the Bible says you are going to have trials and temptations. And there will come a judgment day. For sure. We must be prepared. Tests and temptations will come. 42 years walking with God, they don't stop. You don't reach a point, well, you passed that one, you passed that one, you're good. 
I would like that the way I would want the gospel. But that's not what happens. As you captain your ship through the trials of your life, you will hit rough water. I, every once in a while, I'll watch some of those wilderness-type shows, and they'll talk about rogue waves. Nothing's going on. There's no storm. Just a rogue wave. Huge comes and just hits. And if the captain doesn't have the ship turned right, it just goes right over. Unprepared, unplanned. What? When did that happen? I got a phone call. You will hit some icebergs. You will take water. You will hear the screams. Abandoned ship. Look at me. I'm telling you, don't. Don't abandon the ship. New Living Translation, Acts 27, says this. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. It was a big storm. Paul was on it, remember? They lowered the lifeboats as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, You will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. Stay aboard. So these men cut the ropes and let the boats drift away. When everything in the world screamed at them not to cut the boats off. And that's the way it is in this world right now. Screaming at us. That what you're trusting and hanging on to is foolish and silly. But I'm telling you, do not abandon ship through the trials. Let them do their work. Let them build endurance and patience. Go through those valleys and walk them with the Lord when you have no clue because there'll be another one. And you'll be able to say, Ruth, remember? Or Ruth will say to me, remember? Last verse, I have a little clip for you coming up. Luke says this, Jesus told them, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Remember? The plow, the oxen, and you're just plowing for the Lord. God says, anybody that looks back is not fit. Because the world will be calling you, trying to seduce you. You are to plow straight on to God. And it says in the biblical days, they'd focus on a tree way out there, and they would just look at that tree. That's how they got straight lines. But if they didn't, you know what happens, right? Even you think, do with your lawnmower. You're riding a lawnmower. I do that. My backyard, I always end up going, what the? I swear I'm going straight. So you focus on the house or the tree. And when you look back, you think you're going straight, but you're not. 
you're off target because you've got your eyes off of the real captain of the host. Okay. Play this video. A lot of you men will remember it. Then we will have our time at the altar. Man or woman. Let's stand, please.
Maybe there's a number of you, maybe not physically, but in your mind and emotions, you've abandoned ship already. Taking your hand off the plow and you're already plowing crooked and you don't know it. Well, I want this altar call to be a, maybe just an eye opening. To all us captains, Christian dad, Christian mother, and our teens, don't abandon the ship. You might be the only one in your school, the only one in your class that's captaining their life for God. Don't abandon ship. Mom, your husband might not want anything to do with it. You cannot abandon the ship. And like the video, dads, do your duty. Far more important than the gold that you make at work. Far more precious and more valuable. Guide your ship by the light that is found in the word of Almighty God. Trials and temptations can bring us to a breaking point, to bring us to exhaustion, to bring us to a point to give up. Don't. This altar calls simply to say, God, live or die. I'm yours. Whether this thing goes the way I want or whether it goes south, I'm yours. Lord, if this thing never happens that I want to happen, I'm yours. I will serve you. I will live for you to the best of my ability. If you're not serving God, then come to this altar and let God touch your heart and give you the book that every captain needs to stare through the life of trials, icebergs, temptations, and heartaches. You can do it today. Our altar's open. Booth, play some music, please. Come, talk to your Lord. He will give you the strength you need, the guidance you need, everything that you need. Be better, not bitter, please. Come.